What is up, everybody? We are back with another episode, and we got some special guests on the show today. But before we get into the guests, I got a co-host with me all the way from L.A., pastor of the Harbor Church in Crenshaw District. What's up? We got Pastor Israel with us. Excited to be here, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course, bro. Thank, I mean, he's no stranger to the show. This is like the fourth, fifth episode? Third. Third? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And on my right side, your left side, see what I did there, we got uh, my brother, Binu, uh, never been on Shaping the Culture. Yeah, that's a shame, bro. You never been? <laughs> this bro, is the first season you got three? This is the fourth season. God! Dang, it's all good. God's timing. Yeah. There's a reason. Well, you're on it today, and you got some wisdom for us. We just needed you to grow up a little bit, you know what I mean? Live life a little. You know what I'm saying? I did. Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and then, <laughs> last but not least, we got the one and only Lost Lyrics, Jonas. Double loss. <laughs> Two L's equals field goal. What the Cowboys missing? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so I'm actually really excited about our the episode today. Got <laughs> Cowboys are trash. Oh, Moving right. on. <laughs> How many whole life <laughs> how long you know but anyways anyways yeah so we're gonna be talking about something special today uh we're just gonna talk about living out your purpose uh we're gonna talk about what it looks like to grind uh the process nobody ever talks about the process and um our guests here today uh no they're too they're too familiar with the process and uh they're people that are what I really appreciate about these two guys right wow. here is um, they're pursuing their dreams and they're doing it no matter the cost. Uh, they're making sacrifices. And today they're going to give us inside scoop on behind the scenes because a lot of the times people just see the, the highlights. People see uh, the Instagram moments, but people don't really see what it takes uh, behind the scenes, behind closed doors, sacrifices made, maybe tears shed. Uh, maybe sleepless nights, uh, maybe hungry nights, you know what I mean? Uh, so that's what we're going to get in today. So before we do, uh, you guys can just introduce who you guys are as far as uh, what you guys do. We, we know your names, but what are you in L.A. for? What are you guys pursuing and what do you what is making it for you guys? What an introduction. Wow. Thank you so much. Uh, my name is Binu uh, from Minnesota. Um, I came out to L.A. for, uh, for music. Um, I produce. I play keys. Anything uh, creating music. I love orchestrating. I love production. I love, uh, I just love, like, putting things together, you know what I'm saying? Composing, basically. Um, and that's the main reason why I came to L.A. But after moving to L.A., I realized that there were other things, too, that I had to do. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't just music. Um, but we'll talk about that more later. Good job on the introduction. Uh, no problem. My name is Jonas Berhe. Nice to meet you. I actually moved to Los Angeles about in December. You know what I'm saying? I've driven my vehicle all the way from Houston, Texas, all the way to Los Angeles, California. I have went through a couple of struggles, but I've moved here for music. Uh, we're going to get more into detail of the path through what we're living through. But at the end of the day, you know, the struggle. The work ethic, the hard work, the time put in. Reminds me of America in the 1900s. Now all these children have these dang cell phones. Now nah, I'm joking. Anyways, <laughs> hey man, uh, nice to meet you. You know what I'm saying? I do comedy on the side on uh, on uh, Instagram. Um, you know, me and Bino live together. But, but, you know, this introduction, you know, of who we are, you know? Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> Back to you, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, this is hilarious. Um, and so, all right, I got my first question is this. So, <laughs> when you guys first moved to LA, um, what were some thoughts that you guys had that 
years later, like some months for you, but you've been here for like two years now. What were things you looking back on thought were like, man, that was, I can't believe I thought like this. I can't believe this is what I thought it was going to look like to pursue my dreams. And uh, what experiences have you had to kind of shatter maybe some of those initial thoughts that you had coming out here? First of all, I want to break the stereotype of what L.A. is like. Man, growing up in Minnesota, I remember just watching movies and TV shows, and um, I, I had this perception of what L.A. was. I just thought living there, just living there, you made it. Mm -hmm. Like the sunshine, like movie stars live there, you know what I'm saying, Hollywood. Like I just had this perception of if I live in L.A., I'll be successful, and everything will come my way. My perception of what was going to happen was this is my expectation, I swear to you. Like before I moved, I was so confident because I was just like, bro, I just got to talk to one person. I just need that one person. Once they hear my stuff, they're going to want to work with me. I'm going to make a million dollars off of that one song, and then I was going to live comfortably after that. And that was the fantasy world that I lived in going into L.A., and that wasn't the case. <laughs> um, L.A. is very, it's very tough. Um, it's crazy because there's some people that I met that are in the industry that have been doing this for years, and and they're still like like after many many years they're finally getting their break mm -hmm. and it just hit of how much work and dedication it takes to uh to get to, to get to the place you want to get to and i think the most important thing is consistency persistency and and not giving up and um your passion you know what i'm saying like if you're really passionate about something like you don't worry about things that are like gonna like there's a lot of people that give up the things that they want to do because it's too hard or it's not what they expected it to be. Um, but it's through those times that will help you get to that, you know, success. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, so I've learned a lot, like, in the way, but we'll get into deeper things. Um, but th that was kind of like the perception of what I thought L.A. was, that it wasn't. So, L.A., man. Definitely hard, you know. Um, so my perception of L.A. was when I um, when I was in Houston, you know, uh, I've always thought, you know, the same thing that he thought. Like, once you're in L.A., dog, like, you made it. You know what I'm saying? Sunshine, oceans, you know. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, it was so much different from the gloomy city of Houston, you know. Consistent good weather, all of that. But... I had so much faith, and I still do have faith, but in a way that, well, you know what? I had faith of what L.A. was going to be that success city right off the bat, so I willingly, like, you know, took that drive from Houston to um, L.A. with, like, barely anything, so I went from, like, being broke to being broker. <laughs> so so I, I was... Like, I went from broke to being broker. So bad, it felt like I had, like, a finance degree. Get it? Uh, wow, bars. bars. Joke, sorry. <laughs> Anyways, um, being real with you, man, it's, it's definitely a struggle. I've only been here for, for what, 10 months, maybe? It's about to be a year in December. Um, it's the hardest thing, like, the hardest transition of life I've ever, ever, ever been through. Definitely, L.A. is a city that can eat you up and spit you out alive. You don't take care of yourself, man. And um, it's just, wow. So, in general sense, though, it's definitely uh, definitely a blessing to be here. Um, the comedy stuff started in April. So, um, L.A. is definitely a city that kind of sparked some things on a different level. But all I can say is, you know, uh, my perception definitely changed, you know. It's not the recipe, like uh, Kendrick Lamar and Dr. Dre said, you know, the three W's. So, yeah. Um, so <clears throat> when I first moved to L.A. from Dallas, the biggest thing that, like, surprised me or shook me was the culture shock, <laughs> right? Those, I mean, it's a huge, I'm from Dallas, Texas, so huge culture shock what was like the biggest culture shock for you moving to LA whether it's even the mentality of work you know what I mean the, you know what what was just kind of the biggest culture shock I know there's probably more than one so I just would love to hear some of your biggest culture shocks I'm gonna be real real quick I'm not gonna lie the first culture shock was the women bro the women bro I'm from Minnesota bro hey there the, 
I thought it was good in Minnesota. <laughs> I came to LA, my God. <laughs> the women and the the weather and the, the traffic. Keep talking. Those were like the main culture shocks. But another culture shock that I loved about LA was how how artsy everybody was. Like I felt like I, I was home because in Minnesota I felt like I was the only one doing music. I felt like I was the only one because everybody was doing something with like, you know, finance or accounting or like something with that. You know what I'm saying? And every almost literally everybody. Not a lot of people were doing music. But coming out to LA, like everybody's doing something in the arts, whether it's in movies or music or something. And I just felt at peace and just every person I met, I felt like understood me. And I felt like I, w I was I was home. Yeah. Put your being real, the culture shock was crazy. I ain't gonna lie. Houston, you know, y'all still have the better women for sure. <laughs> you know, y'all, y'all, y'all kind of build thick down there. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm sorry. I'm I'm still part of Houston, Texas, born and raised. <laughs> South of Texas, born and native, you know. <laughs> now, being honest with you, the culture shock definitely, like what uh, Binu said, was uh, how everybody's artistic, you know, and it, it's it's awesome. But one thing is like Southern hospitality is definitely uh 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 <laughs> out the window. <laughs> not not nice, you know. Your auntie is not your auntie no more, you know. <laughs> so um, definitely. Um, Definitely the culture shock has shocked me, for sure. <laughs> Wait, did that make sense? <laughs> well, I, well, shock, shock, static shock. So uh, um, one thing, though, um, uh, no, okay, I, I was attended to the grudge for a minute. So now nah, being real with you, though, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, the arts. Yeah, and the people are like, you know, the Southern hospitality is barely there. And, you know, definitely uh, a lot of people are very delusional. I'll give you that. Like, you know, the drugs are heavy flown over here. It's not since weed is already like, <laughs> like you know, you go to the gas station, you know, or whatever. But like in Texas, like weed is like well weed, so they stay focused on that more. So over here, it's like all right, uh, weed. All right, man, let's do some coke, dude. <laughs> you got some lines, and you'll be you'll be surprised. It's not only white people too; it's also <laughs> black people too. I thought I thought we were better than this. That that I say, bro. Yeah, we finna do a little bump out in a restaurant. I'm like, oh, what's a bump, man? What's that? I don't know, a little bump. You know what I'm saying? This moment, uh, you know what I'm saying? Keep up. Oh. <laughs> yeah, man. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so definitely, you know, like the drugs, the drugs are kind of crazy. And yeah, most of the homeless people are like our age, too, which is weird because like their shoes would cost more than my rent for sure. And, you know, it's, it's, it's based off your decisions. But, Houston is much cheaper to compare to uh, Los Angeles. And, you know, sometimes, especially when I moved, well, like sometimes, uh, what was I going to say? Actually, you know what? Let me go back. Especially once I moved, you know, if you definitely feel lonely in this city, you know, because everybody's focused on their own. And uh, I think I didn't really have that many people come into my life until like the Instagram stuff started. It wasn't really that much. Being honest, because like the first four months I was here, I was just like pure by myself. So, yeah, LA is LA. Woohoo, go Dodgers. <laughs> Psych, you guys lost to the Astros <laughs> 2017. I still, I still tease them about that. We said we won the World Series after Harvey. <laughs> so, all right, let me go back. What about what about the work ethic though? Like, what was the work ethic like? You know, the d difference between how people work in Minnesota and Houston versus how people work in LA. Bro. <laughs> okay, there is a big difference with that. Um, no hate against my Minnesota people, but I think we just talked a lot in Minnesota. Like, man, I want to do this. I want to do that. Yeah, that's tight. All right, let's go hoop. Let's go watch that movie. And there was really never like no execution, no growth. But the moment I came to LA, like. Everybody was talking about it and doing it. And that honestly motivated me even more because, like I said, the perception that I had was 
I was just going to be there, show my, showcase my talent, and they were just going to offer me, like, or give me the things that I wanted. And that's not how it works. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody has their own thing that they're doing, and they're making their own money. They're getting their own bag. Nobody's going to share or give any handouts. You know what I'm saying? And so the work ethic is like, bro, you really, as, as much as I want to do the arts, like, I, you really got to focus on the business aspect, too, because um, there's more to it than just making music or, or cutting hair or whatever it is that you're doing. Um, at the end of the day, like, hum, like you got to make your money. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's great that you're passionate about what you're doing, but at the end of the day, it's just like, all right, I'm go I, w I would like, I, I did my first Netflix credit and like, it was great. I saw my name in the credits. I came back home to a studio apartment with four guys. You know what I'm saying? It's just like the title and everything is great, but it's just like, bro, I'm still like struggling. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, the work ethic is crazy in LA. It's really motivating. Let me ask you like, <clears throat> You guys a follow-up question, so because like Yona said something about this earlier too, but um, it's actually crazy because you got that Netflix credit. I remember one time you were in the studio. I don't know if I could share this. It's not like yeah, you were in the studio with Big Sean, and when you posted, I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> my brother made it. You know what I mean? My debt is about to be paid off. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> we good, yeah. I was like, he's got it. <laughs> you got a new car. You got a new car. Right? I, I, I felt the spirit of Oprah. What did you do for Big Sean? No, I. What was the? I, I, I just I was I used to I used to assist for uh, this. Big Sean. You haven't made it yet. No, I right. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Joe, Mike. Oh. No, I I used to I used to assist for uh, Kenna. He's like this Ethiopian artist. He grew up with the Neptunes, Justin Timberlake, Pharrell, and them. And he's his parents are very close family friends with my parents. And so when I moved out to LA, I reached out to him. I told him, Yo, can I assist for you? I just want to work. I just want to be surrounded by you know people that are in the industry. And so I assisted for him. Mm -hmm. And there is one thing that he was he was helping with. Uh, There's this movie that was being shot. And he was helping with the music. So what's her name? I forget. I think it's Julie Michaels was the singer, and Big Sean was the the, the rapper on the that was gonna sing and rap on the track for the movie. And Kenna was there, so I was there at the studio. And then yeah, they called me in because they wanted me to do some keys or whatever, some progression. And while I was in there, um, uh, Big Sean was there too. Um, he came later. Um, the, the, what I recorded of the video was literally like him listening to another person's beat. <laughs> but like you said, like once I posted that, everybody's like, "Yo, congrats, congrats! You yeah. did it! Oh my god, you made it!" Oh god! I, oh god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Like at first, like I ate it up. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, "Yeah, you're right." Like, yeah, like I was, I was a little bit cocky. I'm not gonna lie. But like, like I said, I went back home to my studio apartment with the four other guys. Yeah, so like, yeah, with that situation, and even with you, people will look at your Instagram and be like, yo, this guy is <laughs> popping off. Like, he made it, yeah. right? Like, they wouldn't assume that you're coming back to the same space that Bino's living in, right? No, so, I guess my question is, um, what, what, it's, what is it like to, to pursue your dreams, get a taste of it, but behind closed doors, you're still struggling? Is that discouraging? Does that motivate you? Uh, what is it like to just be around people that are doing what you want to do, but then when you come home, it's such a completely different environment? Such a big tease, man. <laughs> such a big tease. I have people in my life that can change my life like this if, at a snap. But it's like, they'll be like, yo, it's building character. <laughs> I said, I cannot even afford to eat character. <laughs> 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 I cannot even afford to have emotions. <laughs> I can be happy one day, yeah. and that's it. I have to put 25 cents in for the sad day. No, being honest with you, man, it's such a big tease. Like, especially in Atlanta, man, like, the worst thing ever is to, ha is to have fame and be broke mm. I mean, let me tell you in atlanta i had like 50 to 100 people take pictures with me in less than two hours uh, yeah to a tournament yeah i didn't know i went to the ethiopian tournament and i walked into the festival i kid you not like there's people in line waiting for me to take pictures <laughs> yeah 
same as San Jose, California, where we had the Eritrean Festival. Like I had a, yeah, like, do a hosting show. Even the Ethiopian uh, New Year's, yeah. there's a group swads of people. We were not left alone. They're following us, putting their phones out, like trying to take pictures. I literally left him because I was annoyed by how often he was stopping. <laughs> it took us an hour to get to the restaurant. Yeah, ex- and it's just it's so annoying, <laughs> dude. I'm like, if y'all really support me, change those likes, change those likes. To one dollar, <laughs> even twenty-five cent. <laughs> you listen to fifty cent. <laughs> Why not? You know, like so. Um, it's definitely, definitely a big teaser, man. Um, a lot of people think like I made it from Houston. Like this, uh, so in Houston, uh, I wasn't the typical Habesha that went to school and all that. I went through like some things and. The Habesha parents were always like, stay away from him. He's crazy. He don't know what he's doing. Yeah. Like, he's terrible, yeah. you know? And, like, um, when I came back from L.A. for a wedding, I kid you not, they all went up to my dad. Oh, your son, he's going to be a Hollywood star. He is so funny. <laughs> oh, my God. Jonas, do I really sound like that? <laughs> I, I kid you not. <laughs> My son, he always watch you. <laughs> He's so love my daughter. She love you so much. Jonas, you are number one. <laughs> Could you not? They were legit, like, hype me up all the time, man. And, and then they came up to my dad. They said, yeah, uh, he's going to be in Hollywood feature. And my dad was like, oh, I'm going to be his manager. <laughs> I'm like, you're not going to be my manager. And I think my dad took it serious because he was like, what? You're crazy? You're going to have some stranger handle your money? <laughs> not your family? Yeah, but at the end of the day, bro, it's really, it's really, man, it's really a big teaser, bro, because it's like I don't know what the universe is saying, you know, or what God is saying, man. It's like. Uh, through all these obstacles, the scariest thing to always uh, to always be in the unknown of is like, do I continue or do I take this as a sign that I need to switch paths? You know, that's when you don't like, cause I, I I admit I'm very stubborn, and it's like I'll give out my last fight to get what I need and what, but it's like. Is my pride hurting me or is it helping me? Is it building my character or is it wasting my time? Am I supposed to be in another place or am I ignoring or am I just getting tested like Joe, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, for me, so growing up, I always would watch like motivational, like speeches, motivational things. And it was always like, man, like, like I always, always wondered too, like stories of people that are successful and like the things that they went through. And it's one thing to to hear what they went through and to actually experience the kind of things that they went through. And when I first moved here, I was so discouraged because it wasn't like how I planned it was going to be, right? And I was depressed. I remember, like, I went back home to Minnesota. I spent some time with my family for Christmas and stuff. I came back home, and I remember, like, I was driving back home from the airport. I got dropped off, but I was chilling in my car. And um, I remember sitting in my car. I'm like, this is, mind you, like, three, four months into, like, living in L.A., I just remember sitting in my car like, yo, like, why am I here? Like, I'm depressed. Like, like, I, what's my purpose? Like, I feel like nothing's going my way. Like, it's not everything that I expected it to be. Um, and here's the thing, yo, like, one thing that I've learned is, like, things take time, right? And uh, it takes time to get to where you want to get to. The, the question is, what are you doing in that time? You know what I'm saying? Like, how are you progressing to get to that level of where you want to be? Um, and I look back at like my situation, what I was doing. I wasn't. I was sitting and waiting for something to happen. I didn't take any action, and I just expected things to be handed to me. And I had to have a shift of perspective, a shift of attitude. Of okay, I'm here now. What can I do to get to the next level? Type thing, you know. And so I had to like make moves. I had to like start taking my haircut business serious. I, I was so lucky enough to have like the church community here at the harbor. It used to be Paradigm, but at the Harbor, like, I had a bunch of guys really push me and really, like, motivate me to, like, take the, the haircut thing serious. Um, and crazy enough, like, it was through the haircut where I got connected in the music and actually got closer to what I'm trying to do. Um, but I'm not going to lie. When I first moved here, I was so discouraged. But I think if people have a shift of attitude when things go wrong, I think w- what people should, like, the way they should think is, 
okay, for example, like I, I live in a studio with four other guys. Um, I'm not making any money. Some people could see that and say, oh, okay, well, because that's happening, I'm discouraged and I want to go back home. It's not working out. Or you can say, oh, I'm lucky enough that I have a place to live. I'm lucky enough that I'm able to wake up and breathe and like, you know what I'm saying? I have a church community that loves me. I have family that are supporting me. And once I started thinking positively like that, like I was so motivated to continue to do what I wanted to do because then I started to understand, okay, it's a process. And what's the process? Like the process is you you working and grinding of with your craft so when the opportunity comes, you'll be able to just kill it. You know what I'm saying? Because you've been doing it for so many, like however long it took and you'd be prepared. And what people have to understand is the process, man. Like one thing I always preach is um, people should learn to love the process and not the destination because when you reach the destination, then what? You know what I'm saying? Like what's after that? Like a lot of people that have made it to the top, they're not as happy. Why? You know what I'm saying? Like like when you learn to love the process, what what's, what's helping me is in the process, I've learned how to discipline myself. I started to build habits and and, and different things that will help me to become a better person, a better producer, a better barber, a better businessman, or whatever it is, you know? And it's through those trials and errors and failures. Many times we hear people say, like, failure is success. What does that really mean? Um, I think, like, what people need to understand with failure is, like, then this is where I had the shift of perception with, with what failure is, is you make a mistake, you learn from it, you learn that mistake and apply it to like, the, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, yeah, and you that's how you gain wisdom. And sometimes when people fail, they get discouraged and say, okay, well that's not supposed to, or that, that didn't happen, so it's not meant for me. It's like, no, this messed up. Okay, now I know what not to do. Here's what I can do to like do this better type thing, you know? And when you start thinking like that, man, things just start happening and you just start to develop, uh, yeah, your character. <coughs> what, um... So I want to scale back a little bit. Um, what, like, what encouraged you guys or, like, what um, gave you the courage to move to L.A. in the beginning? Like, you know, what was it that was, like, what clicked or if, you know, I don't know, what clicked or what, what made you, what went wrong or what went right for you to say, you know what, I'm going to move to L.A.? And, what, and when you finally did it, like, just can you share a little bit about that, those moments that led up to the, the moment where you actually moved to L.A.? Um, I think it was more of like I had uh, there was nothing for me in Houston you know I was working at a bar and uh, uh, I just I just didn't see I, I was like where am I going with my life you know and uh, more of so like Houston was so traumatizing for me when I was growing up because I've lost a lot of people who passed away in 2017 I, I was supposed to die in December because I got in a rollover crash and um, I was just like what is my point and I've always and I've always knew music was like my escape through everything so I it got to a point where I was like you know what if I need to do it I'd rather fail now if it happens or not so it was more of I was just ready to die for it I was like there's no looking back if my car and this is what I told myself Cause my car is a 2000 like Camry with 240,000 miles on it, like very beat up. You know, it's, huh? <laughs> Save your money. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, so, and I literally told myself, look, if this car doesn't make it, so be it. It wasn't meant to be. If it breaks down in the desert, if anything happens, bro, it wasn't meant to be. If it makes it, then there's something for me in LA. So, surprisingly, my car made it <laughs> for 21 hours, man, and through every desert possible. And literally, there's no AC in the car. There's no air conditioning. Phoenix, I went through New Mexico, uh, uh, yeah, New Mexico, Phoenix, went through dust storms, went through West Texas, went through between, like, El between San Antonio and El Paso, that long, like, long road, man. It's not in my, like, when I moved to L.A., man, um, I, I slept in my car for, like, four months. Four months, four months, man. And that's when, even as hard as that was, I just knew, like, I had nowhere else to go. Like, this is all I have. And I think one thing that, one thing in my head that was always hitting me is, like, yo, I'm ready to die for it. 
So, like, I've given all everything I need, everything I want, like, whatever. Like, this is my passion, you know? And um, thing is, though, one thing I've always struggled with, even, like, more and more I'm growing as a person, sometimes when I say I'm ready to die for it, it's like, am I putting this too much as an idol? And that's, like, some things that always hit me. But at the same time, though, um, that that would that's what really motivated me because in Houston there is if I if I stayed in Houston I would <laughs> I would have became Pablo uh, <laughs> Pablo Escobar, <laughs> aka King Negus. King Negus of Zatara of the whatever you know and um, you know I I feel like life is bigger than. Um, Life is bigger than all of us. Life is bigger than what I can see or absorb. So I try to reach life in more of many, many different ways, more than stability, more than financially, like more of in a spiritual sense, something something that uh, that we can grow off top. Because I remember I always ask my mom, like, what are your dreams? And she would tell me travel and all that. And, like, that's another reason that motivates me. But... um Learning to love the process was a very good point of all of it, too. Because the process, if you don't love the process, you're not going to love the destination. Not, not at all. Not at all. And uh, I guess with me, I'm, I'm like, taking big shifts as growing as a person. Like, cutting off nicotine and a lot of things that mess in, like that messes with my moods and all that. So, um, it's definitely, like... LA is breaking me apart, but it's rebuilding me. And um, definitely like the harbor, man. Um, uh, definitely a good group of people that is that um, that that I can relate to on some levels, you know, more than like some churches that you know you feel like the devil in there. <laughs> like <laughs> I've never done that before. <laughs> what? What is wrong with you? Jonas, I kid you not. Over here at Harbor, it was like, oh, me too? You too? And I'm like, yeah, man, you did that too? Yeah, bro. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's it's comforting to know somebody had the same experience. Like, I, I remember I asked a certain person, I was like, yo, like, isn't it kind of, is it kind of good that you go through bad experiences so you can learn and, like, cut off the avid early? It was like, it's best to avoid them altogether, <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> so yeah, you know, and uh, life is like pie. If you get smacked in the face with it, you're gonna taste the cream. <laughs> well, I don't know if that made sense, but I just said, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's definitely not the cream the cowboys are eating. But <laughs> oh. <laughs> AKA, I love it. I love Israel, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I mess, I, that's my dude. But um, in general sense, man, um, what kept me going, though, was definitely um, putting everything on the line and, you know, having nothing to lose. And even at this point, I mean, I do feel like I have some things to lose, but I feel like life is life is a gift, you know. And uh, it's not more of a it's not more of a thing that we're uh, we're expected to have. I'm not. None of us are expected to live by 30, as normal as we think it sounds. None of us are expected to live by 50. So even like you know, I'd rather be alive while I'm alive than rather live by not being alive. You know, so it's it's definitely it's definitely that's why I have nothing to lose. You know, so shifting gears. I mean, like there's so much to even unpack there, but. Um, I just kind of want to get into your guys' friendship, like how you guys met, because I think that <laughs> sometimes when you're like pursuing, <laughs> yeah, you blushing over here. <laughs> I think like when you're pursuing your dreams, it can get lonely and you can feel like nobody understands you and you can feel like, man, am I crazy? Like, is there anybody else that is willing to die for it? like I am, you know? And so, like, how did you guys meet, and how is your friendship um, keeping you guys on track to pursue uh, what you guys believe God has kind of put in your put in you and uh, what you're ultimately called to? Yeah, so like I said, I, I, I would cut hair 
and we had a mutual friend and he asked that mutual friend you know where he could go for a haircut right and um she that person suggested me so he he hit me up and i cut his hair maybe like a couple times or a few times and i just remember like like what you see on instagram of Jonas is exactly what you get in person <laughs> like this nigga is the same um <laughs> like he's always joking always talking to the accent and like like it would take like a couple hours to cut this dude's hair because <laughs> it's just laughter after laughter like you know what i'm saying um but like like um yeah so I, I would cut his hair and there was one one day where i think he you you asked to you asked to move in or something or you ended up moving yeah. moving in yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was like i forget i, I was <laughs> like i was like did you know um do you know any places that are having spaces like to open like yeah. to move uh, in with Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So so you're like, yeah, yeah, we have that. Yeah, like, cause there's there was a spa- <laughs> <laughs> there is. You said what? <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, I responded quick, cause like uh, the place I was living at, like the person she brings in anybody that asked to like you know move in, so I didn't want another crazy person. I've already had like two or three crazy people live in, and so I was just like, yo, just come through. You're Abisha. You seem cool. Like I could trust you, and so he moved in. And there was one day, like, where, like, I was cutting his hair again, and, like, he he just said something funny, and I'm just like, hold up, bro, like, <laughs> can you just say that one more time? I just want to record this, because I genuinely felt like, bro, like, the world needs to, like, see this, you know what I'm saying? Because I was dying of laughter, and I just wanted everybody to see that, and I'm, I'm big on, like, sharing things that are, you know, funny. And so I, we posted that in, like, on his Twitter, and, like, literally, like... It started to blow. Like it was, it ended up being like 300k views on Twitter, and then that was literally like the start oh, of his like. 500k now. Is it is now? Yeah. Oh yeah, shoot. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, 400. Huh? Oh, this is when he was just like. Uh, like Benno, please, listen to your last song. I do this one because I love you. Something happened to you. Who are you gonna call? Who are you gonna call? <laughs> not, not me. <laughs> Your friends, they're not going to do nothing for you. They're going to say, oh, let's go do something. Let's go play basketball or something. Let's go jump in something. They're trying to kill you. <laughs> if you don't, what was the last one? <laughs> I, you don't know now, but I know later on. I know later on. Okay? Okay? <laughs> Everybody was now literally like the first time after that video, like literally everywhere I went that had a hobby shots in it. Yo, they're trying to kill you. <laughs> Bro, my, my favorite is because uh, he used to work security and like, <laughs> and like he was in Little Ethiopia. I think he came, went there after work or something. And like this dude's tired and like, you know, he's like, you know, and one dude rolls up and he's just like, Hey, bro, you stay in character. He's like, dude, yeah, I just, oh, yeah. I just got off work. Yeah. The uniform. Bro. I guess, I, yeah, yeah. I was just walking in my uniform. He was like, bro, you a walking meme. I said, uh, he said, what you doing in your character clothes? I said, um, I, I work here. I kid you, everything, like, that just shows, like, like you have to be genuine by everything. What what art art is? Gen- I mean, art you can. You, art has no certain rules. Like you can stretch art as far as you want, because art is art. You know, it's artistic. Like there's no there's no guideline and rules for it. But at the same time, the best art usually comes when it's genuine. So yeah, let's continue the story. Yeah, and that was like b- the beginning of like like our friendship or whatever. And I just related with this dude a lot because I felt like we had like the same story. We both came for a dream and we're both struggling in the process. For me personally, like I didn't have it as bad as he did. Like like I can't imagine being homeless, sleeping in your car for that. Like I I couldn't do that. But I've had like different trials and errors of like jumping from couch to couch and like. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like we just we just and it was always like i always had a good time i was always laughing and like i just felt like we understood each other and like i just felt like we were on the same grind and so it was easier to like go on the same path with that dude i love this guy i love him i love you Okay, so yeah, basically what he explained in the beginning of the story, and definitely um, uh, 
uh, he he has a natural like good heart. You know what I'm saying? Like a good genuine person. So I was like, it, it was easy for me to like gravitate towards him, like because I wanted to be around good influences. And I was always around, like, bad influences, you know, most of the time. And I was, you know, I just wanted to change my life. So I looked at it also subconsciously that he was connected to a church. And, I, you know, like, uh, I never really had, like, a church home-home in a way. So I felt like, you know, I, I always felt like I had a personal relationship with God. So I, I knew being around that, I was like, maybe I could learn something, you know. But definitely, you know, me and him, like... We always have our nights when we talk about, like, yo, the process. What people don't understand when people come to our crib and talk down, you know what I'm saying? And, like... How do you live like this? Oh, <laughs> you I, uh, honestly, you guys are choosing to live like this. <laughs> like, <laughs> listen, <laughs> my dad... I didn't... It's out of, like, it's out of genuine care. It's I not, like, no, 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 no. Go ahead. It's it's not like they're like talking down like they they want it, like you guys are dumb, but it's just like yo, we we don't want to see you live like this. How do you live like this type thing? And I understand. I understand. <laughs> you think I'm happy? <laughs> you think everybody's happy? No way. <laughs> so honestly, uh, definitely, like you know, me and Binu, man, like, it's like that's like my brother, bro. Like in the span of like couple months I feel closer to him than I know a lot of people my whole life you know what I'm saying so that's really the people you struggle with that you got to eat with that's the that's the main rule like you can't eat with people who didn't know what you went through like you gotta like struggle with that and um definitely um definitely you know we have like some similar you know parents not agreeing or like family members I don't know you know that's how it is and like we we have homes that we can easily go to and like just live whatever without they are comfortable like my dad has a master's degree <laughs> he actually does have a master's degree <laughs> and you know i i've i've been offered things and you know um as uh still not rewarding as if you want to go get it by yourself you know what actually you know what this reminds me of you know that show two broke girls i know about it. you heard of it it's about like two broke girls <laughs> that started like a cupcake business. One of her, the the blonde one has like a rich father who can like you know, but I, I don't know if they I don't know if got cut off from the fortune. But you know, uh, explains like they go through the struggle together, like through ups and downs, ups and downs. You know, so you know me and my guy we stay solid. You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Um, back to you, Abu. <laughs> oh, actually, yeah, I have a question. No, it's all you, bro. I don't know. Um, so, I mean, this is kind of like, it's a, it was a controversial topic a uh, few, I don't know, a few months ago maybe, but about the idea of being self-made. Mm. I, I, I just wanted to hear your opinion since you guys are in the process of, you know, climbing up the ladder or whatever in your, both of your industries. Do you guys believe, or what do you believe, you know, or do you guys believe that being self-made is possible, or do you need somebody to help you? You know, what is that like? I just want to hear your opinion on, on what that looks like for you guys and what that means. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I, if I understand it correctly. I, th I believe, uh, I don't think anybody does it by themselves. Um, I learned that the hard way, and I try to do it by myself. It doesn't work. And I and I believe like there's no reason to do it by yourself. I believe everybody has a skill and gift and talent that they're great at that you should incorporate together as a team. And multiple minds and bodies are better than one, you know. And so like I like even as simple as someone recording the camera or like editing the video or like mixing the songs, you know what I'm saying? Like there's a lot of things that people are great at. And if you work together as a collective, like it could be great. And I'm a firm believer and utilizing the people that are around you. Sometimes we like look for the people that have already done it and ask for handouts, like help me, help me, when we really have people that are around us that we could build and come up together type thing, you know? And so, I, I mean, I don't believe in the term self-made. I think like there's always a team behind someone that has that success story. Uh, most definitely like what he just went based off of, um, no way. <laughs> <laughs> Kobe needed Shaq, you know. 
LeBron needed well. <laughs> well, he needed well barely. He did, he had Irving, but you know, you know, um, Dirk Nowitzki needed. <laughs> I'm joking. <That's laughs> nah, actually, well, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I have respect for uh, for Dirk. Everybody does. Yeah, we love Dirk. Yeah, but the Mavericks. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, honestly, in general, though, uh, man, you definitely need a team. Like, it was crazy. Like, me and him, you know, like, I seen him producing for a lot of other people. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, man, <laughs> I'm right here. Turn around. Look at me. <laughs> Help me. And he'll just turn around and be like, you heard this B I did what the fuck what's his name? I'm like I was he's like I'm like this B sounds great. He's like, yeah, it's for what's his name? <laughs> nah, but in general sense, like it's crazy. Like when we around us, like the first track we ever did together, like straight hip hop between me and him, we already did something great, you know. And uh it took the it took yeah the mixer the singer, uh, it took the sample. I'm in the video guy. It took. Parker It took him producing. It took me writing the lyrics and rapping. So oh well, I didn't write the vocals for Vicky, but wrote my lyrics. But uh, <laughs> lost lyrics. <laughs> so. Uh, uh, <laughs> one day <laughs> man if he if he found them the story ends that so uh in general though you need a team like you know I'm not gonna lie like one of my uh one of one of the people I look up to is Nip Nipsey Hussle and like you know like he didn't sign to a label and he, he was doing stuff for his community and he made it with his own team and sometimes when he says self-made self-made it looks like from the outside it looks like it's just him but he definitely had a whole team with all money in and everybody working behind him, you know? So so you really do need a team and you need, like, a solid team that, that people who, are like, they got to have that same hunger that you have, though. That's very important because once you have that person who's lacking and slacking behind, you know, um, it can, like, pull the weight down, you know? So, yeah. So a follow-up question. When he said something that kind of made me think, so um, how – how do you build that team? You know, how do you build the, the friendships around you or the people around you to, to trust? Because a lot of people in the industry, um, they get screwed over by their closest friends, you know, or their close managers and all these people. So in your experience, you know, how would you, how do you determine who you should, you know, be around or who you should let in the, to that circle of that team? Okay, <laughs> it's hard, <laughs> but I, I'm a firm believer of trust people first, and then if they break it, that's it. But at the same time, you know, they if they if they sin against you over seventy times, you have to forgive them Ooh. over seventy times. That's a word. Yeah, but doesn't mean you have to be friends with them. <laughs> hey, I got the welcome back. <laughs> so, anyways. No, nah, in general, um, you honestly, it's like art is art, you know. Um, yeah, you could get screwed over by uh, people in the business aspect, but at the same time, it's really you have to trust people from the beginning. That's the only way. If you don't trust people, you're going to always carry your weight on your shoulder. With me, I had the biggest, I have huge trust issues from the past, man. And it took me a long time to realize, like, yo, regardless if I trust or don't trust, bro, it's going to hurt, you know. So it's might as well just not carry an extra shield of me, like saying, like, nah, I'm going to pass it on. I'm going to pass it on. I'm going to pass it on. I ain't going to do this. I ain't going to do that because you're just blocking your own blessings, you know. And again, like, you know, I know as y'all say, as y'all Christians, y'all say, you know, <laughs> y'all get the short end of the stick. <laughs> but so did Jesus. <laughs> Man. Nah, but for real, though, at the end of the day, man, um, that's a good question of, you know, like, how do you know? 
but actions say everything, man. And um, I honestly, off talent too. Being real with you, like who's there's levels of well, not I'm not gonna say there's levels of talent, but there's levels of skill. And like if you find somebody you can work with in a good manner of creating something, like you include them, you know. But like a set team, honestly, you're gonna have to go through a lot with that person before even like consider in some ways. You know, because you can work with somebody for three years and still not have them in the team, you know. That's realistic, you know. So pass it on to you. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the with the things I look for, and I had to learn the hard way because starting off, I, I just worked with anybody. I was like, oh, you do music? Bet. Let's work. <laughs> and, like, it, it would never work out sometimes. And the things I look for now is, first of all, like, who are you as a person? You know what I'm saying? How's your character? Like, are you a good person? Like, because um, there's a lot of people that have been burned by people that are greedy and just seek out money and, like, how to use people. And so I kind of, like, become friends with them first and see their motive intent and see where their head's at. And then at the same time, I also see, like, their skill level and see, like, like he was saying, like, like, are we on the same level? Because if, if I'm here practicing every day, doing, getting better, and you're just here, like, you know what I'm saying, like, not doing anything to perfect your craft, I'm not going to lower my standards and self to, like, help pick you up because at the end of the day, you're just going to drag me down. And so I feel like there has to be a balance of a great, being a great person, having a great personality, great character, being a good person, and also having the skill level that's on the same level as me. Fire, fire. We can talk all night, really. Um, but let me just wrap it up with this last question, unless Israel wants to do a follow-up or have anything else. But <clears throat> I just want to ask you guys, um, what's a win for you guys? How do you guys define success? Is it found in the numbers, the dollar amount, the, the impact? Is it something internal? Uh, like, what for you is a win? What are you really pursuing? Because at the end of the day, if you're like, man, I just want fame, you can always have more fame. If I want money, you can always have more money. If I, I want influence, I can always have <laughs> more influence. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Welcome to LA. <laughs> and so um, what, what is your version or your definition of success? For me, I grew up in the church, and so something that I can't escape is like is my relationship with God. And so, for me, success is basically me doing like God's will, because I could do anything that I want to do, but I I won't be happy doing it, you know, and I won't have the peace doing it. And so, um, you know how they say like do your best and God will do the rest, you know, just trust God, do what you got to do, or do do your best and God will do the rest. Um, I'm a firm believer in that. I feel like if you wholeheartedly like completely trust God. Um, for me, what I'm doing is I'm just perfecting my craft. I'm not trying to, like, although networking is important, I'm not, like, throwing myself at people, like, yo, look at me, look at me. What I'm doing is, like, you know the story of David and how he, like, played the instrument and, like, and story of Joseph and how, like, he was in the jail cell and, like, they came for them, you know what I'm saying? Like, what they were focused on was their craft and their relationship with God, and I feel like success for me is having that relationship and, and building my, my craft. And, and I believe that God will just, you know, like show, like he'll present the opportunity, you know what I'm saying? And so just having that faith and trust that he'll do that will keep me at peace. And that's where I, f I feel like I'm successful because even though I don't have the best living situation, I'm at peace with where I'm at because I have faith and trust that God has a plan and what I'm doing to prepare for that plan determines, you know, how, like if I have that joy or not. And so that's where I find my success. Success is fake. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> no. <laughs> nah, um, my definition of success is, um, I guess, uh, you know, not just giving my parents. I honestly, it stems from, like, my past in a way. It's like I want to make it up to my parents in some certain way to make them smile, you know. And seeing them clap and like you know saying we're proud of you, I think that's more of a success to me. But at at the same time, um, definitely, I mean, I don't know what God's will is or God's way for my life. And uh, 
I don't, I don't know yet, you know, because I came here from music, and next thing you know, I'm lost lyrics. <laughs> well, I'm still lost lyrics, but I'm Jonas, you know, and definitely, um, but definitely, uh, it's it's awesome. But at the same time, it's like uh, I don't I don't know I don't know if there's a day that I will call that or I'll say I have reached success because I feel like every day that you're living is a war. And I feel like the war doesn't end even after we die until the world ends. I know it's it's very deep and spiritual and stuff like that, but I feel like there's a war going on. And I feel like right now we're just living in a time where we're just going with the punches and the flow. But in, in, uh, in a sense, though, success to me, it's financial freedom, too. <laughs> I don't like to work for money. I'm sorry. I don't want to be raised in a way that I have to work for money. I don't even want to think about money at a certain point of life. Not in a point where, not in a sense that I'm greedy and I just want to flash. No, I just don't want to think about, like, yo, uh, I have to have this to get that. Because until you get to that point where you have not ate in two days straight, until you get to that point where you have to eat yogurt for the whole day, <laughs> eat one yogurt, scrap up 35 cents in your car, that's when you understand. I don't, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people say, oh, would you, would you cry, would you cry in a Ferrari? Yeah, I would cry in a Ferrari. <laughs> so I, I would not cry in my car right now because it's, I have two issues. <laughs> I'd rather deal with one. I'm telling you, like, unfortunately, being broke is, like, one of the worst pains that people can feel, you know? Because you can say, oh, I live my life happy without money. No, 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 no. Let me tell you, once you get sick, I almost didn't get treated for pneumonia because I didn't have my insurance card on me. I was outside of the ER, uh, the urgency care, just sitting down like, damn, dude, I'm sick as hell. I have a fever. I'm, I feel like I'm about to die. And I can't get treated. And unfortunately, that's the society we live in, especially in America. America is, is all about business. Think about it. Just even having this microphone takes money. <laughs> and that's reality. So I'm not saying I want to be Bill Gates. But can Gates even be the Bill? <laughs> or can Gates hold the Bill? <laughs> <laughs> no, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, success to me is, uh, I'll give it off. Success to me is being able to do what you love and survive. Number two, personal for me is, nah, there's no numbers actually. They're not in order. But number two, <laughs> ma making my parents smile and say they're proud of me. Number three, uh, making the world proud. But I know the world will never be proud because, you know, everything's subjective uh, to whatever their beliefs. Like, you know, moral-wise, people can have their own morals stemmed down in themselves, you know. It just depends on what you put your spirit in. Number four, uh, definitely, like, uh, fulfilling what I'm meant to be doing because I don't know. You know, I uh, music is my passion. But obviously people like comedy, but music is still my passion. But I don't know. You know, I, I find figuring out what what I need to do. But at the end of the day, and number five, I think I mentioned it again, but financial freedom. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be free. <laughs> no more have to clock in at valets and people slamming their Mercedes trunks on me like today. You know, that Indian dude is like, I have to go somewhere. Stupid. But anyways, yeah, man. So wrap it up like a burrito. <laughs> Chipotle. What? Why you cannot make your own Chipotle here? So you don't have two hands? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, my God. You have three seconds to get the hell out of here. <laughs> I'm joking. All right, man. Back to you, Abu. Oh, thank you guys for your time. Thank you, co-host. This is dope. Um, as you guys see, like, man, the process is difficult. 
Um, it's long. There's a lot of questions in the process, as you guys see. They're still working out what they, how they define things, or what they're looking for. Um, but be committed to it. Find friends, find people, whether it's a church or just a trusted community like they have that will help them um, uh, do everything with everything they think that they're called to do. And so, you have any last thoughts, you know, co-host? Um, nah, I mean, yeah, I, I appreciate them, you know, being so vulnerable. Yeah. I, you know, you guys are being super honest, super vulnerable. A lot of people are not willing to talk about, you know, the struggle in the process. So I really appreciate um, you guys being able to just share that. I know it's going to encourage some people, and you guys are super relatable. And, um, you know, sometimes when you make it to the top, it's like, oh, like, they don't hear it. They don't get to see the process. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you guys are kind of sharing this process kind of helps other people. Um, you know, it gives them hope. It gives them, you know, the 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 sense of oh, like I've, I'm going through that too, or I've been through that too, and so I'm not the only one. You know, I think one of the biggest ways um, Satan really uh, destroys us is in isolation. You know, and so what you guys did, what you guys shared today, you guys really exposed uh, what a lot of people go through in isolation. Yeah. And so now a lot of people are maybe that are hearing this or watching this are able to say, man, I'm not the only one. And, and that alone, that concept of I'm not the only one gives so much freedom uh, for people. So I, I really appreciate you guys for being super honest and super vulnerable. And I hope that God continues to use you guys. And uh, yeah, appreciate it. 54th Elementary School. Harbor Church, 10 a.m. Sundays. Come through Los Angeles. <laughs> Here you go. Ah, boom. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Until next time, family, peace and love. Love. What's the close up?